All right, let's do this. I'm not even going to do the whole intro because this is sort of a special uh, episode about bonus content. You know, we've been on this new platform, Acast, for for about a year now. And if you don't know, we've got this thing called the Full Marin. And this is a year into the Full Marin. The Full Marin is our WTF Plus subscription tier that gives you ad-free access to every episode of WTF as well as weekly bonus content. You can sign up right now by clicking the link in the episode description. And now that we've been doing it for a year, that means there's 52 weeks of bonus content. That, that's just waiting for you in the archives. And, and this is like hours and hours of stuff that is not on the main feed. That's why I'm putting this on the main feed right now to alert you that you're missing a lot of stuff. And I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm doing more stuff than I've ever done for you. Uh, like, for example, I do a regular Ask Mark Anything episode where I answer whatever is on your mind, you, the listener, and we've got nine installments ready for you to hear right now. Like, here's, here's a little taste of that. As the podcast has grown over nearly 14 years, has your approach to booking guests remained the same in present day compared to when the show really popped in 2011? No, it's, it's very different because usually I was drawing from my, you know, people I knew or people who I, uh, uh, I knew, knew them, you know, it was sort of, uh, we, I don't know that we were, if we were working with a booking agency at that time, but eventually you got to be in the loop with people who were, moving through uh, interview programs. So it's very much different. I'm not sure exactly about 2011, but at some point we started using uh, Central Booking, who also books uh, TV talk shows, to sort of pitch us people and tell me who's available. So I know, because I, I don't know everybody anymore. And a lot of times I don't know the work of people that are pitched. So it becomes sort of this full-on immersive learning experience deciding to do particular guests and whether we should do them and who's available and all that stuff. So it's a, I think it's almost completely different. Were there any episodes that you felt like you just didn't get it right? Yeah, there are. There are probably more than I want to admit because a lot of times, certainly at the beginning of the podcast, I, you know, I had my own expectations and a lot of times I didn't necessarily meet them and I'd walk away feeling like I fucking screwed up, forgetting that, a lot of my guests, their fans have never heard them in this context before, have never have, have never really heard them talk about anything at length, and that their experience is going to be different than mine. So a lot of times, um, whether I think I got it right or didn't, I kind of suck it up and, and realize that it's going to be something exciting and different and new, uh, not only to me, but to anyone who listens to it and who's a fan of that. Sometimes you get you know, repeating stories and that kind of stuff, but that's just the nature of being a public person. But there are times where I didn't get it right. I think that my interview with uh, Darren Aronofsky was a kind of a fucking mess because I didn't get through the entire movie he was there to promote, which was Mother, which and usually I used to be able to get away with that, you know, because it's really kind of a life career interview. But, you know, he was very invested in that movie and I couldn't get through that movie. And also that night he was there at night for some reason and Buster had gotten out and I didn't know where the cat was. So I was freaking out about the cat because it was nighttime and coyotes were coming out. I didn't watch the movie that he wanted to talk about. So I felt like that in my mind stands out as kind of a not getting it right uh, moment. There have been other times, but usually I get most of it right. And between Brendan and me, um, sometimes some organizing, sometimes 
omissions aren't that bad. You can't talk about everything with everybody. But I felt like I really, you know, screwed the pooch on that one. And, you know, since then, I, I make sure to to be pretty thoroughly engaged with, you know, especially if I like the person's work, with the work they're there to promote. Also, that happened with John Cale, though I seem to have saved that after an hour or so of talking about the Velvet Underground and, and noise music. You know, I, I realized that I had not heard the CD or the album he was there to promote. But I, I kind of saved it. It worked out okay, but that was a, another thing I didn't get right. And, 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 and the same lesson was learned. Which non-comedian guest on the show was truly and unexpectedly hilarious? Oh, well, just in recent memory, Hugh Grant totally surprised me and was very funny. There's been a lot of funny people. I think I remember Josh Brolin being pretty funny. Uh, but Hugh Grant was like a total curveball to me. Hilarious. Is there a hell no guest from the early days that you never would have had on that you interviewed recently? Yeah, I mean, I, I a lot of my tunes have changed because back in the day when we were just doing people I knew or people who... Uh, I knew, knew them, uh, you know, I was, there was a lot of people that I was curious about. And then there, at early on, we didn't do a lot of actors because I didn't know if they were really great at, at doing interviews, but as time went on and we talked to more and more people and I wanted to learn more about acting, we had more actors on. So I would say there's probably some people that I wouldn't, con but I remember there was a time where, you know, Huey Lewis came up and I'm like, Huey Lewis. But then you start to really think about these people, you know, and their careers and what they've given the world or what their, you know, what their output has been. It's like whether I like them or not, a lot of times they deserve certainly to be reckoned with and, and to be sort of like uh, engaged, whether I like them or not. So, yeah, there were definitely people. I don't remember who they are, but my context has changed since early on. But I was like that pretty early on. It's so like even if I didn't like them, like, dude, this guy's got a story. And it might not be for me, but, uh, you know, with like Huey, Huey Lewis, like who doesn't know uh, Huey Lewis songs? And that turned out to be a great interview. Did you ever have an awkward moment with a guest right after the microphones went off? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, sometimes there's just weird, you know, what do you do after that? Famously, there was, you know, I remember like early on Conan O'Brien was lingering and I had this moment where I'm like, wow, this is weird. I, I kind of want him to leave. Um you know, because I got things to do. There was that. Then there was like, I had, I had awkward moments before the shows sometimes. Like, I remember when Lisa Lampanelli was on that I didn't know she was coming. Um, and like, I almost was on my way out the door and she showed up with a publicist. And I, I was like, I just had to go like, oh my God, how did I not know she was, I knew why she was there. And I didn't say like, I didn't know you were coming. I just played it like everything was normal. But that was, that was crazy. Um, well, I don't always know what to do with guests after the microphones go off. Usually they, you know, we kind of like detach. I mean, there've been times where I can't remember when Kristen Bell had to eat, but if it was before or after, but I remember I had to feed Kristen Bell. I just happened to have a lot of leftovers and I eat exactly like she did. So that was fun. I had to feed a few people, Jonathan Glazer, I cooked him a, a sausage. Um, Oh, yeah, Alana from Broad City. She needed a bowl of puffins. Roseanne Cash had some cantaloupe. Uh, Vice President Gore, he needed to eat before we went on, but he brought his own food. Oh, and there's also people that I didn't have on because I didn't know who they were, and I don't think they'd come on now. 
you know, like Tiffany Haddish. Uh, I didn't know who she was. And she said, someday, Mark Maron. And I'm like, all right, lady. And then, you know, she's this huge star. But I think she doesn't come on either because she doesn't care or she's just, you know, spiting me. But, uh, but yeah, there's been awkward moments. Those are questions from Ask Mark Anything number eight. And we'll have a new one coming up for subscribers in a few weeks. Something else that we're able to do on the Full Marin is bring you extra material from our guests. Sometimes there are things that don't make it into the episode, like when Jeremy Strong was on and we were done with our conversation. Uh, we got up to leave and we were still talking. So I had Jeremy sit down and we recorded this, which was only heard by Full Marin subscribers. In talking about, like, because I'm watching this, the, 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 and getting back to the idea of of self, right? So, like, you know, I when I'm watching that Paul Newman thing, he was in the shadow of Brando right. and, and knew that he wasn't Brando, and right. he had to tap in to the to some sort of realization that he was sort of a simple, limited guy who had to deal go work from that place. And you know, and we were just talking off mic for a minute about how you know we make these assumptions about these great actors, and you romanticize that whole process. Sure. Well, I certainly. I certainly project onto someone like Newman yeah. and onto many actors yeah. a kind of supreme, you know, you know, a, a sort of om, om, omniscient ability uh, that comes from that process. That comes from that process. Uh, what do you mean? That from from the from that crew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that was the model, right? No, so you that, you want to be like them. And so for a long time, yeah. I think like many of my peers. You're trying to sort of model yourself yes. or fashion yourself, you know, after some of these, some of these guys, yeah. you know, trying to, um, you know, cause you worship them when, yeah. you, when you're of a young course, actor. Of course, of course. You're just waiting for your, your opportunity to put on 50 pounds. And then, and then, <laughs> and then yeah. um, you have to come up against and contend with and sort of take real inventory yeah. of your own limitations right. and accept that you are not them. Yes. You are some version of you. Yes. And you can, um, I think you can, you can take lessons. Sure. But, but really what you said about Newman accepting some fundamental basic you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not this anything extraordinary. I'm not this. Um, when you, you ever read Richard Ford? Uh -uh. Have you ever read The Sports Writer? No. Sports Writer is this, it's an incredible book. Yeah. In At the center of the book is this idea of a person who learns to be within himself. Yeah. And so I guess that's what I'm talking about, is there's a moment where if you're lucky and if I think if you are in right relationship yes. to your life, you start to be within yourself. And when you're within yourself in a very simple, unremarkable way, yeah. that gives you a density that is what allows you to be an actor. Great. That's it. And, that's it. So and, you, so that, that's, that answers the question that I asked you, you know, like you, you may not, you know, think, well, you can think whatever you want to think of yourself, yeah. but you know, the journey to what, what you're talking about, that moment where you realize you, it's like, um, you know, when Jerry Garcia went into a coma from drugs, 
Yeah, he was in a coma for I don't know how long. And apparently when he woke up, the first thing he said was, hey, I'm not Mozart. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's quite liberating, too. Right. You know, well, that's it. Because hey, there's an old adage in uh, the recovery racket, compare and despair. Yeah, well, exactly. So, but, but, you but, do, but, I, but, you know, a lot of my 20s and 30s yeah. were really about getting to a point where I had to let the fantasy of, quote, making it die. It became clear to me. On those me. terms or in general? In general. Okay. I thought. Not in the terms of like uh, uh, the, the, the method heroes, the superheroes. No, well, well I, I, you know, I already knew by then yeah. that I'm just the actor that okay. I am. Okay, good. And that I have to contend with my oh, own so, so, so you mystery. had to you had to but let go of the idea. The, I had to let go of the fantasy of okay. of uh, what right of what it might look like in terms of life, in terms of the work I might get to do. Yeah, you in had terms to, of ever getting right. a chance to sure. be to be fully expressed. You had to get right sized. I had to get right sized, and I had to let the dream die. Yes, you know, and like, yes. It's that it's that thing of living at your level. Yes, and then and then you can make yourself available for the magic. Well, that's, you know, ultimately, somehow, that is what happened. But I remember getting to a point where I had to decide, because it just wasn't happening, really. Dude, I, you're kidding me? I, I fucking, that, that's when I started the podcast. And, 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 and out of that, you either, in that moment, give up, or you commit. Because you love this thing, or because it's too late to do or anything because it's, else, or, or because you're compelled. Well, you you can't, know? What are you going to do? Yeah, and what you the fuck else am I going to do? <laughs> but but yeah. I think commitment without attachment to what it's going to look like. Well, yeah, but the thing with me, like, because I had this exact thing, like, you know, when I started this podcast out of desperation. Right. I couldn't sell tickets as a comic. My career was going nowhere. I didn't have dates on the books. I was a twice divorced broke motherfucker. I was angry. I was suicidal. And 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 there comes a moment where it's like you're staring down the barrel of a very disappointing life. Right. And and that's just a fucking reality. And that is my biggest fear is an unlived that's right. life. So so you know and and in that moment you're like, "Well, we're I I have to keep going." Yeah. Yeah, and it's the Beckett do thing. This. It's just like you know, can't go on, must go on. Right, you have and, to go and, on. And 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 what? But that, but the liberation of, yeah. of being honest with yourself. Yeah, which right. is like you know, amputating your ego enough to realize like, hey, you know, I'm not Mozart. I'm not Mozart. Yeah. I'm not going to get to do. I'm not going to get to do Dog Day. I'm not going right. to get to do any of these right. things. It, there, there you are. Then I'm going to get to do yeah. this thing that I'm you know, and I'm going to try and work hard. And take risks and, in a sense, give up. And out of that, you know, it's... it's, it's it worked out. It's a, it's a sort of amazing... You hear... I heard people say similar things, yes. you know, about, about that sort of... Uh, that kind of experience of... I wouldn't necessarily call it surrender because it's not like I. It's not like either of us stopped working. No, but I. I, I think. I think what it it, it it presents is that thing you were talking about from the Ford uh, work yeah. is that you just you know you go in your. You, that's right, and then you're and then because you're present in that way. Yeah. Then the 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 whatever magic you will summon, is is summonable. Right, because now you've made space for things to come to you rather that's right. than trying to. Great. Thanks, man.
We have other extended interviews with guests in the full Marin. Michael Mann, Whitney Cummings, Colin Hanks, Brooke Shields, Ray Romano, and, and a bunch of other ones. Some of these are part of our Producer Cuts episodes, where my producer, Brendan, explains why stuff didn't make it into the WTF episodes. Speaking of Brendan... Full Marin subscribers get to hear how Brendan and I make the show. We we always tend to talk after a guest leaves the garage, and now we're recording those talks and putting them up for you to hear. This was what we recorded literally minutes after Ice Cube just left. Cube just left. Cube just left. You know, uh, we should let people know that basically you and I do this Almost every time there's a guest over, we uh, have either a phone call or we talk on text right away, but usually just to get like immediate reaction. So I figured let's start putting some of these on the mics. Yeah, good idea. You just said Cube just left. How did it go meeting Ice Cube and having a conversation with him? Well, I think it's funny because like in all honesty, with you and I, you know, the way it works is, you know, I do some research, you do, you send me a bunch of stuff that you've dug up. I, I look for my angles, you have your angles, but it seems it's only when I have some sort of, you know, sense of, of unusual panic, uh, or, or insecurity that we actually talk before the guest. Before, like, before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, so you know, like you know, when I'm like, when I hold on, I'll I'll, I'll tell people exactly um, <laughs> what I what I said before this interview. I I just out of nowhere texted you. Feel like a fraud going into this, but hopefully we'll get something going. Yep, that's that's the signal. That, that's like a it's like a bat signal, but with headphones. <laughs> and, then, and then you said you want to talk about. It? I'm like, sure, yeah, and then yeah. Um, but, but going into it though, like I told you on the phone is like, and I had this, cause this is the, you know, he's been booked before. And the last time I remember I'm going to talk to him and I had this same fear. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't know enough about his stuff. All I, all I know is that I'm a little scared of the, the, the scowl I've known my entire life. <laughs> that I, all I, it's just a picture of his face. I'm like, what if, but, but what was weird about this one is I got it in my head. That he was going to, like, you know, ask me what my favorite songs of his was as sort of a test. Like, what do you know? What do you know about MWA? Which song you like the best? I'd be like, uh, how familiar are you with The Predator? Um, like, I thought that's what was going to happen, that he was going to test me because uh, I, I knew nothing. And I remember the last time I was, like, cramming Ice Cube records. Yeah. Like, there was no way I was going to watch all those barbershop movies. That wasn't going to happen. So I'm like, well, I got to go to the music. That's where it started. Go to the music. I know the NWA record. I got, I got, and I, and today, like, you know, he's coming over. And after we talked, I felt a little better. And I felt better about making the connection between the, uh, the, the Michael Jordan deal. Mm. And sort well, of what do you the, mean by that? People don't know what we talked about ahead of time. Well, no, I mean like you know because we were talking about you know Cube's trajectory into movies and into the big game, and you know you brought up the thirty and thirty, the one he directed about uh, I, I think it was called like Straight Out of L.A. or something. It was about the L.A. Raiders, but it was about it became about the brand marketing and about right. branding and about also taking ownership of your own shit. Mm. And it seemed to me after seeing Air. 
that it was all around the same time where these guys became, you know, sort of playing the 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 game with the record company and taking what they could do to really setting their sights on. We could have it all. Mm-hmm. Like there is a there is a an, a, a black entrepreneurial sp- spirit or or vision that you know it goes across comedy, movies, sports with these guys. Yes, and it seems uh, that. A lot of it started with the Jordan thing. You know, that kind of gave me a, a window in, though I forgot about it. And it turns out he didn't see the movie. Mm. So, but it came up later. But I ended up, I have a vinyl copy of uh, his first solo record, like an original vinyl copy, you mm. know, like on, uh, what was it, Priority? Whatever the record company is. like, and And I put it on and I was like, Holy shit. The production is so great. Mm. Like it's so clean and it's so, you know, like it, it just was alive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more so than, than I, I would have remembered. And, you know, we talked, so that's how I ended up getting into it with him. And what happened? They just, they, they showed up. It was him and uh, two other fellas, him and one other dude. Oh. And he, they said that another guy was going to come and I'm, and I, they walk in and, you know, and like I opened the door and there's ice cube and you know, there's, there's just like there's you know, people who come over like I I can kind of sense like well I can you know kind of engage with this person pretty quickly like I can charm the moment you know disarm mm-hmm. it pretty pretty quickly and and usually it happens kind of immediately but I open the door and like what I realized right away was like that's not going to happen here. Um, <laughs> Oh, what, you mean Ice Cube won't find your uh, your cats charming? And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In my house, buddy. But he was okay. I mean, he was, yeah. as anticipated, he wasn't, you know, it's just like, you know, he's not going to en- entertain fools and he's not, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, he was being Ice Cube, Ice Cube. No, he was just right, sort of right. like, you know, so you're the guy? He does business, right. He's he's yeah. here to do business. Yeah, is this what we're doing? He's on the phone. I'm talking to his guy. And I'm saying like, I well, he walks in. I'm like, you guys can hang out in here. You okay with cats? And Cube goes, I don't, you know, it, that's not the question. The question is, are they okay with me? And I'm like, okay, uh, what about this guy? You, you want to sit in here or will you want to wait in here? He's like, I can wait outside. My car's out. I'm like, okay, okay, fine. So, so I, I you know. So the he, the guy walk, we all walk out and the guys I guess can go sit in his car and, and I'm walking Cube around the long way because I'm telling him that my grass is fucked up I'm trying to get to grow right and he's like well you gotta get stepping stones over there I'm like I know I know I do and I I didn't that's why it's fucked up and the and I, the drought you know fucked it up and he's like I said did you follow the water restrictions he's like I you know, my I think my gardener tried to so you know <laughs> I love that him telling you that you need to get stepping stones yeah. all, all all I'm thinking of is how he in three kings would yeah. lecture everyone about the uh the weight of baggage because he was a baggage handler yeah. like that's <laughs> first thing that's going into my head oh yeah well he knows all about stuff no that's a character yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he knew. Yeah, he knew I had to get stepping stones. <laughs> but I think that's also the key to him is that, you know, he's not gonna, you know, bullshit around, right? Like I, my my fear was like, you know, are we gonna talk? Mm-hmm. You know, that's always your fear because you're never gonna have a problem with like being able to say things. You can say things to people. Well, you're yeah, just you always wanna, concerned. You don't fill all that time, dude. Exactly. You're always concerned that it's gonna be like. 20 minutes and then you, you you you've got nowhere else to go and so you're just asking these one-off I don't want questions carry him. i don't want to carry him but 
I don't know, man. I don't think he talked to O'Shea Jr. at all. Mm. So what you're talking about is that we wondered why all of a sudden Cube was doing the show. Yeah. And you thought maybe it had to do with O'Shea. And I said, it could be that it has nothing to do with that. It could just be coincidence. And it looks like it was, huh? Yeah, I think so. Because mm. I told him, you know, he, I had him on. And he said, oh, he's a good guy. You know, he's, he's got this detachment, you know. Yeah. The Full Marin is also a great place for me to share things no one else was going to hear, like uh, stuff from my stand-up tour that didn't make it into my HBO special. This was material from my town hall show in November 2021, and it would have been lost to time otherwise. Thank you for coming. This is going to be the, the bulk of the movement I'll be doing this evening is happening right now. Nice to see you. I, there, was, uh, I, I, there was no opener because I just can't take it anymore. I, um, I just can't. I just can't take the patter and the trying. Um, I will do it. But then as I'm sitting backstage, I realize, oh yeah, I, I remember why you have an opener. It's because people can't fucking get to the place on time. They can't sit down. That's why you have the, the poor newbie out there just taking the hit. And I'm back there just fucking, like, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. I mean, I got, this is a pretty big show. It's not huge, but uh, I'm happier here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna underplay it a little bit, just so I can like, give less of a fuck. And it's, I think it's a better show that way. If I'm too stressed out, it won't be a good show. But I don't know, all I know is that what I do to prepare to come on stage is I'm sitting here, I'm backstage, see, look at this. Should I just do an opening act? Like, you all right? I don't know how to prepare for this shit. I'm all worked up. I, I'm like backstage, like, what do I do to focus? What do I do to get grounded? Literally, I'm backstage going, how do I get to the back corner of the house so I can say hi to a guy I went to college with and haven't seen in 20 years whose fucking birthday it is? That's what I'm doing two minutes before I get on. Why am I doing that? How you doing, Cliff? All right. Happy birthday, buddy. I want to make it special in case I don't see you after. Because I'm getting out. I got no time after. <laughs> that fucking guy, when we, were, when we were freshmen again, sophomores in college, freshmen in college, we used to do a thing called the ACDC cruise, where we'd get into my dad's old Honda, which I drove, and we'd put on ACDC tape, and we'd buy 240s, and just drive around banging up like, like this, drinking beer until we ran out of beer. And then we drive back and go like, that was great. That was great. That was college. That's all I learned. That's all I remember about that school. All right, we can get started. I'm not, you know, I think I hide my anxiety pretty well. Um, <laughs> I think in my mind, I'm hiding it. In my mind, none of you know that I'm anxious. I think the, the best, the working metaphor for my anxiety is the calls coming from inside the house. 
but I literally, I have to have put tools in place. My anxiety is, like, I have to tell myself at least 10 times a day that I'm not in a hurry. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. But I get up, I get up and I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta, and I was like, you have nothing, you have nothing to do. You're coming into the day a little hot. Let's just take it down a notch, pal. There's nothing going on. But I got, I'm gonna, that, there's nothing, there's nothing. But I don't, I don't wanna bum anybody out, but I think we're all in a, a certain amount of a, a trauma, I think, like PTSD, right? It's like, I, I worry about it because you gotta process that shit. You know, how do you process what we've been through over the last year and a half? It's crazy. I mean, I don't think we've processed it. Think about it, what, like a year and a half ago? I mean, well, I think the entire country was pretty much thinking the same thing, right? So wait, what do we fucking use if there's no toilet paper? I mean, what do you even use? Do we just use washcloths? Do we have a hamper of shitty washcloths? I mean, how's this gonna fucking work with no toilet paper? Do we shit and get in the shower really quickly? What do we do? Do we get up early and shit in the yard? How's this gonna go? And then just drag our ass on the grass like a dog? What are we gonna fucking do? Some people were buying industrial-sized toilet paper rolls from Uline with no dispenser and just leaning them in the hallway like a used tire, just like a, like a tire. Just so they could be like, we're gonna be good. We're gonna be good through this. But we're okay now? We've processed that? That's traumatic. The panic of no toilet paper. How about like, just watching your, looking at your groceries on the porch. Are you kidding me? You're just like, how long do we leave it out there? No one knows. We don't even know how we get it, but what do we do with the groceries? How long does it take to die on a bag? I don't know, what do you, what do you leave it out there an hour? That sounds good. There's ice cream in there. Oh fuck, cover me, I'm going out. All right, I got it. Where are the Lysol wipes? Where are the Lysol wipes? But we're okay? Everything's good now. We're okay? We process that? It's fucking relentless. Waking up every day like, Ahem! oh, fuck. Ahem! God damn it. God damn it. I think I have it. Ahem! Fuck, where's, where's one of those five thermometers I bought? Just give me the thermometer, give me the thermometer. I gotta get tested. I don't think I'll die though, I'm healthy. But I don't know, maybe I will. Gotta get tested. I was getting tested every two weeks. Something to do, it was something to do. You signed up for it, you look forward to it. In LA, you go to Dodger Stadium. I would never go otherwise. Get the test. How empty, how, how long did the joy of a negative test result last? Like in, until I put gas in my car and touched my eye. Ah, oh, fuck, I just put it in my eye. God damn it, I gotta get another test. That'll be fun though, I'll schedule it later today. But we're okay, everything's good. I
We also do regular episodes about movies. We've got full episodes about Michael Clayton, the Oscars, the documentary American Movie, and, and lots more. And recently, my girlfriend Kit has been helping me get into some, uh, some movie genres that I don't have a lot of experience with nor that I knew that I might like. This is from one of our recent Mark on Movies episodes. Is that why we don't talk as much as we, we might because you listen to the podcast? No. I, and you I've, get, and I've you get act- up to speed? No, I've actively I've actively rolled back how much I listen to the podcast. See, this is what happens. As soon as I start dating somebody, I lose a podcast fan. <laughs> it affects my numbers. It affects my bottom line. I still listen, but I don't listen to everyone anymore. I usually hoard them up and listen to them when you're out of town because it feels oh, like. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Kit Pleasant is uh, <laughs> with me on the mics. <laughs> And here's the premise. This is the idea. I am not a big, I don't consider myself a big horror movie fan. Nah. Right. But I, but I, I, I thought I knew what they were for the most part, but I'm not even sure I know what they are, what the categories are, whether I've enjoyed some horror movies, <laughs> what would be considered a horror movie. Oh God. I don't, what? Yeah. I don't know some of these things either. No, I'm not yeah. looking to you as <laughs> an expert. Okay. But you also enjoy fantasy movies. Yeah. And fantasy in general, yeah. Like yeah, you know, I would say that you know what what is the sort of um, the defining things for your uh, uh, choice of entertainment intake? What are the defining books and movies that you look to as like that? Those are the best ones. The oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm not talking literature or whatever. I'm just talking like what you enjoy doing because like you listen to a. You just told me that. That you heard me do an ad on a D&D podcast. I did. I did just hear you do an ad on Dungeons and Daddies. Dungeons and Daddies. See, this is something you listen to. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know what it means. Well, that's, I mean, live, live action tabletop role plays are like a, a whole podcast genre these days. But it's also a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. The, the, what do you call it? Live action tabletop role play. Role play. Yeah, role play games. Yeah. Is is something in your in your past and something you'd like in your present. Oh my god, I wish I had a Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, this yet. is this might be the time. Might be it might happen for you. <laughs> Los Angeles. Hello. <laughs> Kit Pleasant needs a D&D game. Yeah, that would be cool. She's jonesing for a uh, for a live action role play board game. I feel like you could maybe have what? Nah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Someone have, I've you, talked about it before. Go ahead. About playing D&D. Someone gave me the dice. I remember that. I yeah. remember that. I made Sammy roll them, or Charlie. I made one of the cats roll them while you were babysitting. Oh, is that while, why I'm while missing I was babysitting? One? Yeah. Is that why one's gone? Yeah, I think one fell off your desk <laughs> while we were playing. <laughs> I've lost one of my D&D dies. <laughs> but did you play, when did you, you played it all? Your, In college. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that was like my my Sunday 10-hour activity every Sunday is hanging out with nine other people in a massive D&D game of college kids. <laughs> wow. That's massive. Yeah. Nine people? Yeah, I think it was, a, including the, the DM, I think it was a 10-person group. I don't know anything about the structure of that. So, okay, so that's one sort of pillar. Yeah. Of the Kip Pleasant aesthetic. <laughs> the Kip aesthetic. Pleasant aesthetic. aesthetic. Okay. And and through your dad, we have classic rock. So we yeah. have classic rock, yeah. D&D, yeah. and then there's a Star Trek thing yeah. that is referred to a lot that I, again, I can't engage with, but it's not it's not an age thing. It's literally- It's definitely not an age thing I <laughs> because it's been around since, <laughs> like- <laughs> Yeah. But you draw a line. There's, like, oh. Star Treks you like. Like, you don't talk ever about- the original series about the William Shatner Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, no, well, I didn't grow up with that one. I grew up with the with the Patrick Stewart Star Trek. So. You grew up with that. But, I grew up with that. Yeah, but if you're uh, a hardcore, 
You'll go back. Oh, for sure. Did you watch all the original? Yeah, I've watched all the originals. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to not watch all the originals? I like the originals, too. All right, all right. Yeah. But Patrick Stewart's your guy. Absolutely. All right, so now this brings us over to um, to horror. Yeah. Now, for me, like my brother, when we were kids, he liked horror. But like Your he, brother likes horror? Does he still he like horror? He did. I don't know if he's, he does anymore, but he was sort of... He, he was kind of geared towards uh, the classics, like Phantom of the Opera, The Wolfman, the old black and white so stuff. He liked monster movies? Monster movies. movies. That's a horror thing. I don't know. Like, I can't, like, I was trying to think, like, if I even was going to name horror movies that had an impact on me. Like, that I, I remember and think, like, that, you know, that like, well, like you've, Aliens, you've got, Alien. You've what? got that photo of that movie that I have yet to see, which I what? really ought to, the Freak Show movie. You've Freaks. Got that in your, Freaks, you've got that in your den. Is that like, a horror movie? Would you call it a horror movie? I haven't seen it. I but thought it was. I a, think it's categorized as such by a lot of people. I guess because, you know, it's about these human anomalies, these, these um, circus entertainers, these freaks. Um, and yeah, and, and the story, do you know the story? Well, yeah, I know the story. I just haven't seen it. But my understanding is it's less about the horror of their physical. No, they're yeah, just, it's, it's more their, about humanity it's and about being their humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and literally <laughs> dragging someone down to their level. Right. I've seen the, or their, I've their seen perceived the still, level. I've seen the still of shots chicken of lady? the yeah, of chick, duck lady or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Fucked up. It's good. Dig it. Yeah. So yeah, that was an important movie, but I think like. Alien. Alien. I think The Fly, The New Fly. Oh, that one's fun. Uh, I remember being uh, you know, profoundly affected by the John Carpenter's thing. Did Were you? Because these came out when I was a kid. I love right? John In Carpenter's the 80s. thing. I wasn't a kid. I when love John Carpenter. Yeah, oh, it was great. the 80s. What, did it scare you or was it just fucked up? No, I just thought it was like the effects of it and like yes. the thing, just like when you see the guy in the thing. That dog. <laughs> yeah. That dog. Oh, Je- with the, oh, when he breaks open? Jeb the wolf dog was yeah. that dog actor's name. I believe that that was, I believe that your friend Patton's wife acted with that dog oh, in really? a movie. Yeah. That oh, was that, a prolific canine actor. The current wife. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Patton, like, it would seem to me that uh, you and Patton could hang out for days and just <laughs> play I mean, D&D. Into a, I've never and, met him, but I'm, I've eaten I, a lot of the ice cream he sent you, so I'm, thank you for that. <laughs> you could just go into a nerd <laughs> hole with Patton, a nerd cave. <laughs> I get really, so. you can't, you can't do that for days on end. You come out something foul. You, <laughs> you turn into something unwanted. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants you. Starting a few months ago, we added even more weekly material to the Full Marin. Brendan and our friend Chris from our old Air America radio show have started doing the Friday show every week. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes WTF stuff as they talk about the episodes from that week and answer listener questions. And for the second half of the show, they talk about wrestling, sports, and all things pop culture. It's an end-of-the-week hangout show, WTF style. Hey, Chris. Brendan. I just booked my uh, three-day, two-night stay at MILF Manor, so I'm ready to talk. Oh, MILF Manor. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I don't know if you know that there's a twist on that show. Do you know that? Okay, wait. Hang on a second. In case anybody (laughs) didn't listen to the bonus content from earlier this week, Mark and I were talking about Succession, but I pointed out to him that um, far be it from HBO uh, having any kind of prominence on the new Max app. In fact, I couldn't even find Succession. I had to search for it in the toolbar. Uh, and, uh, And meanwhile, the thing that they were featuring, the thing they very much wanted me to watch when I logged into Max was 
Milf Manor. And you're telling me there's some, this, first of all, that was the first time I ever heard of it. I never, I, and I'm tapped in. I didn't know there was a show <laughs> called Milf Manor. I don't know what it's on. Now I know it's on Max because right. I saw it on my app, but I don't know anything else about Milf Manor. What can you tell me about Milf Manor? Well, I guess my algorithm is uh, set to MILF. Um, <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting fed that very yes, frequently? Yes, apparently. Even MILF-adjacent shows? You yes. Get, like, yeah. The whole MILF universe. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-MILF. The, the MCU. Just, yes. <laughs> MILF cinematic universe. Yes. But do you know that there's, there's an actual twist to this show? It's uh, eight, You're going to tell me because I did not know. Eight single MILFs, which is such a... A weird sentence to say. Uh, and the eight single men that they're in the manor with are also MILFs. They're all their sons. No. Yes. That's perverse. Yeah, 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 absolutely it is. Wait a minute, so- wait a minute, wait a minute. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hold on. That's so many questions. Yes. Do they know that they're their sons when they signed up, when they showed up? No. So they showed up and they see all these hunks and it turns out they're all their sons? They they walk them through like a, you know, with a, a little per- partition and then they open the partition and each woman one at the other is like, wait a second, that's my son over there. So yeah, that it, it was it was a twist for the MILFs apparently. So wait a minute. Okay, next <laughs> obvious question. Yeah. Are you allowed to pick your own son? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, apparently, because some of the challenges, and this is, I'm guessing it's like a survivor type format. Oh, like, I bet uh, it is. <laughs> survive with your soul intact. So some of the challenges were that, uh, that a MILF had to be blindfolded and then they had to guess their son by feeling their torso. No. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Is Kay Parker the host of this show? <laughs> I don't know. Is, it, is this called Milf Manor Taboo? <laughs> yeah. Another challenge was the sons had to massage the women, and the MILFs had to guess which masseuse was their son. No, no. no. Critics have described the show as a psychological torture and a Freudian horror. (laughs) That's from Wikipedia. How about that? Oh, my God. This is like I had no idea you were going to spring this on me. And it is actually so appropriate for what we are going to talk about today. (laughs) Why is that? Well, the whole re- let's just get into it. We can sure. so so. Here's the deal. Let's <laughs> let's kind of pineapple upside down cake this episode, okay? Because normally what we do is we kind of front load the show with stuff about uh, WTF, some of the the episodes that just happened. I can give you some behind the scenes stuff. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna hold off on that because this is the perfect segue for the thing <laughs> that we were going to actually talk about today, which was. American gladiators. What? Why? Why are we going to talk about American gladiators? Why not? Well, there is a new documentary on ESPN as part of their 30 for 30 series. And I said to Chris, hey, we should watch this because I started thinking about like, 
other things that were like wrestling adjacent when we were younger and like what happened to them? Like, why is wrestling the only one that kind of survived? Is there like a reason for that? And so I figured let's watch this documentary and we could talk about it. And uh, and you, and we both did. Right. You you watched uh, sure well did. before I did. I, I, you suddenly told me, <laughs> oh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. It's done. Yeah, yeah. And I, I gotta say, I first encountered this show during like Saturday afternoons, usually after reruns of Knight Rider or the A-Team or or even like the WWF had a Sunday morning show. Like I think yes. it was called like Superstars of Wrestling or That's something. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. And I used to watch that religiously. Um, and this show came on and it's basically double there for adults. And totally double- what I thought while I was watching it again right now. It's like, you know, the the one thing that lasted longer than this thing were the kid versions. Yeah. Like it was double dare and guts and yep. the legends of the hidden temple. And it's like, yeah. hey, you know why those things lasted? Because they weren't killing the people. Right, like they, right. They were, <laughs> like, like the floor children. is lava. The floor yes. is lava is working because no one's gonna, you know, pop out a shoulder. Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, like, I don't know. Sometimes I watch that floor is lava and I'm like, that person just got <laughs> fucked <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> I can't believe they're not dead. I, I would not do well on that show. I still like hold my nose when I go underwater and I, I don't want to be in that red water. I don't know what that is. Yeah. You don't come up apparently. You just go down and it's the end of you forever. <laughs> yes. But I, I will say American Gladiators, kind of a blur for me, like, because it is mindless TV, right? Exactly. N- no brain cells. But I will always remember the games, like the actual yeah. events that they did which were awesome. Like they yes. were, that, that's the reason the show succeeded. But uh, there was atmosphere. There was assault. Assault was great. Assault was really great. That was where you had to go behind these little bunkers and use some type of a weapon to try to shoot a target. And under the target, the gladiator stood there with a tennis ball cannon and just tried to <laughs> obliterate you with tennis balls, uh, which actually, of all the things, it looked like the most safe. They show one t- guy getting one in the eye, but he had goggles on. And, you know, right. that, that one didn't look so bad. There were plenty of ones where people got concussed or broke bones or something. That was like the uh, the human cannonball was one where they insane. would put a person on a pedestal and then the, the competitor would have to swing into the gladiator, try to knock him off the pedestal. Uh, they had the uh, joust, which was which pugil stick boxing, right? You, yeah. They look like Q-tip. giant Q-tips. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they hit each other with those. Uh, I mean, I guess that's as violent as actual boxing. You know, you take a shot to the head, you could get really hurt. Yeah. Uh, the one that's just was was these guys were just getting so creamed was it was basically like uh, what we Dodge used to call or we, we used to call in recess kill the guy with the ball. Like that was literally (laughs) what they were playing. (laughs) All right. So there you go. That's just a sample of the stuff waiting for you on the full Marin. We also do a bunch of other regular series, like it's not TV, a look at classic HBO shows like the Sopranos and succession. Uh, Good Morning Geniuses is our ongoing oral history of Morning Sedition, my old show on Air America Radio. Brendan and I do the Archive Deep Dives, where we go in depth about episodes from the early days of WTF. There are also dispatches I recorded from the road, live music recorded in the garage, and even a visit with my father in New Mexico. Plus, you get every WTF episode from the beginning, all completely ad-free. 
Sign up for the full Marin right now by going to the episode description in the podcast app you're using. Just click on the link and you'll go right to the sign up page or go to WTFpod.com and click on WTF Plus. Go listen to the past year of Full Marin bonus episodes and we'll have brand new stuff for you every week. All right? More stuff. Okay. Boomer lives. Monkey and LaFonda. And there are cat angels everywhere. Everywhere.